Hello, and welcome to Psychic Sundays with sisters Louise and Michelle. They are both full-time psychic mediums, healers, and teachers. In each episode, they will share with you their experiences, knowledge, and some wisdom from their guides. So grab a cuppa, sit back, put your feet up, and enjoy this podcast as they journey into the spiritual realms together. Welcome to Psychic Sunday's podcast with sisters Michelle and Louise. And we're really excited today to have a friend and a fellow spiritual worker, Polly Harnett. Say hello, my lovely. Hello, everybody. Hi, welcome, welcome. We're looking forward to having this casual chat with you about what you do and how you got into your spiritual journey, when it started, and what was your first encounter. Oh, spiritually, generally, you mean? Yeah. Um, My my first spiritual encounter was when I was three years old, and I can still remember it. I was probably nearly four. And um, I used to be absolutely terrified of the dark, like seriously terrified of the dark. So my poor father had to sit at my uh, at my bedroom door every single night for for, forever. (laughs) And um, anyway, I the reason he had to sit there uh, was because I, well, I was a very secretive Scorpio and I had um, a wardrobe that had no door. So it was like in, like a built into the, into the, into the bedroom sort of thing. And it had no door, not even a curtain or anything. And I used to see um, like this old Colonel um, oh. and these two children playing in the cupboard and so I used to be terrified, but because I don't, I don't know why I didn't say anything, but I didn't, um, and just made my dad sit there every single night until I went to sleep. <laughs> and so then um, one night I woke up in the middle of the night, sort of knowing that my dad wasn't going to be sat there, um, pretty scared, but looked mm. up because I felt like somebody was there. And there was this sort of long, slim man, and he had glasses on, round glasses and, and a bald head. And he's sitting near my door. And he wasn't looking at me. He was sort of head in head in his hand sort of thing. And I remember so clearly asking in my head, like, who are you? You know, and, and mm. then I heard, I'm your granddad. And um, so I was like, OK, <laughs> weirdly, I wasn't actually as scared as I, mm. as I thought. Must have gone back to sleep. And um, in, in the morning said to my mum, um, who was washing up at the time, that that uh, I had a funny dream. Well, I knew I hadn't had a dream. And um, and she said, well, what was the dream? And so I said that there was a there was a man standing, sitting at my door instead of my dad. Um, and she said, oh, what did he look like? And so I explained what, what he looked like. And then she brought a photo in. And this photo was this man wearing an army uniform um, with the troop that he was with. Um, and they had a bomb in the middle of them and he and she said that's your granddad is that him and I said yes that was him but I didn't know at the time that my mum was very psychic obviously being being a young child and um so obviously inherited from her um uh, she didn't didn't ever sort of do anything with it like like we do uh but she was she was an infant school teacher but she was so psychic it was ridiculous I mean she knew what I'd done before I'd done it Oh, you, Polly. Oh, dear. I my, my teenage years were hard. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, I get, you know, I get the whole mum thing because our mum is definitely got yeah. psychic abilities. And oh, it was really? just that knowing look. Yeah, she knew. Think, oh, no, 
she just knows. She just knows. <laughs> but that's an interesting, interesting, very, very interesting story. And again, quite similar, something me and Louise can relate to with dad, because we used to get our dad out of bed and make him stand and walk around the house and hearing footprints and this and that. So it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And it, I mean, they do say that we're the most psychic before, you know, before the age of seven, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And another thing is I used to have dreams on the wall, which sounds really weird as well. I, I was fully awake, that sort of like that sort of very relaxed state. Mm. And I remember um, it's usually in the morning, weirdly, uh, when I woke up and I had a white wall and I used to look at the wall and I used to see, it was like watching TV, yeah. but all the things that I saw were the people that I knew. and they all happen so wow. I might have watched them that morning and it could happen later on that day or it could happen on the next week or the next month even but I knew that they were going to happen so it was a very weird thing yeah. don't do that anymore I no. I did. Did, did you did you warn them like did you say oh you'll be careful you're going to trip up or whatever you had seen in the no. morning did you ever pre-warn them no no just kept it to yourself <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might think I'm mad yeah true yeah well, the thing is I think um I remember asking my brother if he had he was younger than me and I mm. remember asking him if he had dreams on the wall and he said no right and I think then I thought this is a bit weird then you know <laughs> if, why isn't everyone else having having these things you know so no I didn't actually talk much as a child like, about things like that didn't hardly talk about it at yeah, all I think we tend to don't we 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 just accept it like we probably you speak to most mediums and they've probably got exactly the same sort of story, but they never mentioned it. It was just, okay, acceptance, that's yeah. fine. You're sat on mm-hmm. my bed, that's okay. I can see you at the end of my room, that's fine. <laughs> yes. so what did you call it, Polly? Movies on the wall? Um, I used to I used to call it, um, it was like films on, it was like films on the wall. It was like, uh, or dream, no, dreams on the wall. Dreams on the wall. Do you know what? You've got, to, you've got to use that as a strap line somewhere or something. For a book. That's a book or something is how I feel. But we're not going to go into mm. that. But that's a, yeah. a lovely, lovely line. So, wonderful story to where you are now. So, just talk us through what you do now, Polly. Well, at the moment, I do um, various things. Uh, predominantly, I work as a, a spiritual medium and tarot card reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also um, am demonstrating trance at mm. the moment as yeah. well. Um, I am also a healer. I do trance healing, Rahani, uh, fifth dimensional celestial healing, yeah. Reiki healing. I, I tend, it tends to be more on the uh, mediumship. Yeah. to be honest um demos coming up but um obviously other than that i also um am a qualified animal healer and communicator yes exactly and that's exactly why we've got you here today doing this podcast with us so what is an animal communicator and when did you realize or become really really aware that this was another a skill set another energy being able to link to with your mediumship well an animal communicator is basically basically somebody that can communicate with animals. Yeah. Now, obvious, obviously, uh, there's different ways of doing that. If you are an animal behaviourist, for example, then you're looking into the behaviour of the animal. Um, so basically, they're talking through their actions, for example. But if you're an animal communicator on a spiritual level, mm. it's very much like being a medium, yeah. um, like like you like you both as well. Mm. You know this. Um, when you're um, connecting with spirit loved ones, it's a very, very similar sort of um, <clears throat> ethic to to working with an animal. Now, 
when you work with animals obviously you there's uh well you could go you could talk for days about communicating with animals yeah uh, um yeah. when you communicate with animals um obviously you have to have a very sort of open mind mm. let's say um when when uh you you two are giving somebody a reading um they might say yes that makes sense that makes sense that makes sense and and everything else however when you're communicating with an animal you've got to have total trust yes, because how an animal sees um the world might not be how the owner sees it for example yeah, um and uh if there's a an animal has a, a problem for example it could be anything like an anxiety disorder it could be depression it might be that they actually have an illness which is causing them to behave in a certain way it could be that they've been a rescue animal so you don't know about their past so you know uh, when an animal communicator comes in they're looking at sort of the whole animal does that make sense yeah absolutely how wonderful you know, if, if you had if you had um, a dog and from about the age of four and you don't really know what the past has been for the, the previous four years um you know a, a lot of a lot of people come for that reason is because they want to know why their animal is behaving in that certain way yeah. what's happened in their past how can they help them um and you know we all want to help our animals don't we we're all animal lovers yeah. as well, and we just want the best for them um so yeah basically that's what an animal communicator does uh it is like tapping into them um and their energy they and they do very much communicate in a similar way to like I said like when we're communicating with the spirit loved ones yeah so how did you did you decide to go into this or did you have an experience and then you realized this was another path you could walk down um well but before I say this, I do love people as well. But I always <laughs> I preferred animals than people. Yeah. You know, I was very much when I was a child. You know, I I loved kittens. I loved puppies. I was mad on horses. You know, um, I was lucky enough lucky enough to have um, well, pretty much every every furry animal that you can think of, um, and uh, not so much the uh, snakes um or anything that wasn't really my interest mm. but yeah I was always a, a, like an avid animal lover and um to be honest I probably spent more quality time with animals than I did people when I was when I was young yeah um and it just felt so natural to me to want to be able to help them to want to be able to communicate with them um I found that I was naturally doing it anyway um and uh, then I was lucky enough to I can't remember how many years ago now train with Helen DeVita I don't know if yes. you've heard of Helen DeVita I have worked with her yeah I've done some courses with her well I think she's she's amazing and um the way she works with animals if you see her working with animals absolutely incredible <sighs> and um so I was lucky enough to um to take the course with her and um quite a long time ago now mm. and um so then from there, I've, I've gone on to teach it myself, which is amazing, wow. uh, which is another another thing I absolutely love doing. But, yeah, it just felt like a natural thing to me. It just felt like because um, I loved animals so much and had so much compassion for them. I just felt it was a real natural routine. Yeah, really. So how do you how do you communicate with them? Do they um, come to you or do you just connect through a picture or just the name? Well, I can communicate them through anything. Mm. Um, a lot of my clients, uh, my clients' animals, for example, um, 
they well i mean they could be spread all over the country mm. it could be in different countries so often people will send photos and what i do ask if it is if it is a photo reading then i will connect i need to see their eyes that's the only yeah. thing i really need to see because like they say the eyes are the window to the soul yeah um and they really are. Um, and so connecting through a through a photo is just as efficient as having the animal right next to me. So I'm just going to have a quick drink. Of course, yeah. Poor Polly. She's <coughs> suffering with a um, cold, everybody. So we're I very grateful she's doing this for us today. But yeah, you go ahead and have a drink. Thinker. Um, yeah. And, um, and actually, sometimes it's easier because when you are um, going to, to the, the home of an animal, um, they, it's, you know, if it's a dog particularly, they can't wait to be all over you, lick you, be upside down. <laughs> the when, when you've got, and, and often there's the distraction as well um, from the owner because the owner then panics that the dog's not, or the cat isn't sitting nicely and mm. everything else. And they don't have to sit nicely. This is what people don't understand. Just let them run around the house. I'll still connect with them. It doesn't matter if they're upstairs. As long mm. as I've seen them or touched them or, or whatever, then I've got the link. Yeah. But yeah, the photograph is actually is actually a really good tool because um, they're in their own home. They're not being, you know, bothered, mm. poked or prodded or no one's worrying, worrying about where they are um, and what they're doing and how they're behaving. So, yeah, I find that actually quite easy to, to connect through the photograph. It, like I said, it's very much in the same way as you would work mediumistically, really, apart from the only thing that is really different is that animals tend to show me things in pictures and timelines. OK, oh. rather. Yeah, of course. Then, yeah. So when I mean, when you communicate with um, animals in, that come through in spirit, they mm -hmm. then talk and communicate, mm. you know, it's, it's, so it's, it's very, very different, obviously, when they are still here on the earth plane. Yeah, to be honest, it's a very if you're working with a animal that has passed away. Mm -hmm. They come through like they're here. Yeah. Mm. They sort of, they know they've gone, but they're so happy and accepting of it. Yeah. It's not for like when um, some people have gone and maybe they've got unfinished business, you yeah. know. I mean, a dog's unfinished business might have been trying to find its owner yeah. or Aww. it might have been the fact it didn't like the postman, you know what I mean? And it hadn't <laughs> ripped up your letters that morning. <laughs> yeah, or, or upset, it's left another another mate, like a dog or something. I found yeah. a couple of times that that worried no, about health, yeah animals are so accepting of yeah. death yeah unlike unlike us sometimes yeah. um and so they do come through it's a very fine line sometimes if you have a photo and you you wouldn't you know and if i gave you a photograph for example and you i didn't tell you whether the the animal had passed away or was still here sometimes you can't even tell right uh -huh. yeah. so i wonder Amazing. how many um people come to you polly because they feel guilty because they have had to have their pet put to sleep is that oh, a big thing know, a bit that is a big thing mm. a big thing because again if you know if you're talking to a human they might say i'm really ready to go mm. when you when you you know you've got your pet which you love absolutely unconditionally you feel like it's your on your shoulders yeah. that that pet's you know time to go but you can often tell in their eyes um, I've had people come to me saying, is it time yet? Mm. Now, obviously, I'm not allowed to say, yes, go and go and do that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, because then it's they, you know, the, the blame, if you like, would be on me if then yeah. they decided that wasn't right. Yeah. But I would say to say to them, for example, um, whether the dog was happy, whether it was in pain, whether, you know, and, and more often than not, 
it would be right because if that dog was on a lot or cat or horse or whatever animal it was was on a lot of painkillers or and you know then the dog would, or the animal would be in pain and probably yeah. would be ready to go wow so it's a it is a hard one because we love we love them like our children yeah, don't we and we, we really don't do. ever want to give up on them no yeah, that's it and there's always that hope that hope that hope that hope they'll get better they'll get better it'll be all right it, another mm. surgery perhaps or some more medication it's more the human that's not prepared and wanting to let go than mm. letting your animal oh. go absolutely mm. and uh, and like you said a lot of people do come because they have had to have their animal put to sleep mm. um and you know they feel guilty it might have been uh, there was one uh, client once that their dog had ran in front of a car and she hadn't got the dog in time mm. and she felt dre like dreadfully guilty but the dog wasn't listening you know and at that time when the dog came through it was like you know you know it's like please don't blame yourself it was oh. like that sort of feeling oh that's um, so lovely and um, you know, I I would be very honest about what they said, but this dog, all I could see was a squirrel. It was going after the squirrel. <laughs> and Blame it's currently the squirrel. Going after the squirrel. Yeah. Blame the squirrel, exactly. Full focus on the squirrel. Nothing else mattered at that moment. That's lovely. <laughs> that is just lovely. So, do you have any real standout stories, Polly, with your animal communication? Yeah, one particularly, I mean, there's been a lot to be yeah, fair, sure. Um, but one particularly, and it was when a client had come to me and uh, actually she had come for herself for, mm -hmm. a, for a reading um, and then she wanted me to to look at her dog. Um, and so it was via, via a picture. It was a, only a young spaniel and um, the it started sort of limping and sort of bunny hopping rather than running properly and um she said that the vet had said or the the vet not the spe the vet had said yeah. um that this dog mustn't go off a lead ever again the dog was only a year old and okay. a spaniel that's like impossible you yeah. can't keep a spaniel on a lead um and um apparently the vet had thought that it had got serious hip dysplasia Right. And um, so she said, can I tune in? And I said, yeah, I can. So I did that. And I said, um, your dog's telling me it hasn't got serious hip dysplasia. It's got a slight hip dysplasia. But actually the um, muscle on the um, like the elbow of the back leg. Yeah. Um, I kept seeing that the uh, muscle was too loose. And in a, in, um, in a life jacket, it needs to go for aqua therapy. OK. And oh. um so anyway, she went back to the vet. The vet said, no, that's that's not right. <laughs> she didn't say that an animal <laughs> communicator had said it. No, um, no the, the dog's, you know, never going to be able to go off a lead again, short walks and everything else. Um, anyway, she got referred to this big specialist of, um, of you know, animal animal problems, animal legs and, and that sort of thing. And um, it was apparently a, a sort of quite a top vet. And mm. uh, anyway, went there, had these scans and everything. Turns out that the dog didn't have serious hip dysplasia. It had slight hip, dys hip dysplasia. Um, it had got no, like a, the... Um, like an muscle. underactive muscle or something. Yeah, it was actually too, like, too long. So, right. you know, like, we have okay. a person might have, like, um, hypermobility. So, yeah. basically, the dog had hypermobility on the back of its uh, sort of elbow joint at the, wow. at the back. Wow. Um, and suggested um, aquatherapy. 
<laughs> oh my god that's an amazing story <laughs> evidence 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 wow. how wonderful and that's really really lovely for that to go the story to go all the way and the owner to listen and to carry on and to um take on board what you said and wanted to investigate it further so that allowed the mm. evidence to come through it's wonderful isn't it i, I well can... it is apart from the middle part where she said no i was wrong and i was thinking i'm not wrong no <laughs> yeah. good for you and, and i and then i was you know like like anybody would was, was sort of doubting myself yeah. and thinking oh i really don't know if, yeah have <laughs> i got this really wrong and then it turns out that i didn't have it really wrong um but yeah, I think you know, like any any medium, we all have our moments of yeah, of course um, we do. Did we get that right? Mm. <laughs> yes. I can remember doing a reading for a lady once, and uh, um, her dog started communicating with me but the dog was still here and actually ended up telling me how much it hated the cat literally hates the cat and she said that's so true yeah. won't be in the same room <laughs> so it was like a, a reading of the moment but they in were the telling house. me how much they hate each other it was hilarious wow. like two children that couldn't get on so that can happen as well can't it when they're still mm. here yeah. obviously not yeah. just coming to another another thing is that um, animals we don't realize you know like when we have children and when our children are little and they they look like they're not listening and we have a conversation and then it turns out that they were listening yeah um animals do this as well especially yeah. dogs oh. well dogs and cats because cats tend to be sort of leering at the back somewhere and you think they're you know that they're not listening um and i had a cat recently say um that they knew that the uh, owners wanted to get rid of it oh, oh that's so sad but it was it was actually it was sad but they had been talking about it but it wasn't because they didn't love the cat the cat was um had been a rescue and it basically wheeze all over the house right. and uh, so they had been talking about um rehoming the cat anyway i said well the cat's quite happy to be rehomed but it wants to go to a farm Right. Which is really weird because I didn't know anything about the past of the cat, and um, turns out it started oh. off at a farm yeah. and uh, wanted to end up at a farm. Wow! Oh, that's just amazing. Needed the, needed the freedom to just be outside yeah. a farm, going cat. back home. But they do listen. You yeah. know, we yes. don't think that they do. That they do. <gasps> oh, do you know what? It's just as well they don't speak the English language. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. They know I mean, all our the secrets. Conversations we might have in our homes, hey? Are we yeah. Like, Yes, exactly. Dogs spilling the beans. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> or not? <laughs> Gracious me, blimey! Um, it's it's fascinating, and to be able to offer that to people and just give so much healing for the owners and for all the different variety of animals. Is there any? Is there a limit to animals you can speak to? Um. Well, as in which sort of animals? Yeah. Breeds or yeah or well. Um, in the dog world, um, it's usually, well, the, the only one that has refused to talk to me is a miniature sausage dog. Um, absolutely stone flat refused and barked and barked and barked and barked. And then I tried to put my hand on just to sort of reassure the dog and it bit me. Right. Um, and I said, your dog doesn't want to communicate with me. And she went, oh, yes, it does. I went, no, it doesn't. No. <laughs> and a non-believer. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I said, like, please just leave that one here. Um, um, cats are usually, once you've sort of got round them, um, they they will usually talk to you. Horses are pretty good at talking to yeah. you. Mm. Um, I haven't. I've, we've tried a tortoise. Mm. Oh wow! With also a parrot. Yeah. Um, 
they've been quite happy. Uh, I have never tried something like a tarantula, though, or I've never tried a snake. Yeah, right. only because no one's ever asked me to. So, you know, I, I've never, I've never tried that. Uh, birds are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. it's usually it's usually that they they're quite up for it. Um, but it's just the odd one or two. It's like it's like um, if you think about it, this is how I explain to my clients. If somebody comes to us for a reading, it's because they've made the choice to come to us for a reading. 100%. For a healing. They've, they've made that choice. No one's forcing it upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're, if I'm being called or any, any other um, communicator is called to somebody else's animal, they haven't asked for it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. their own has. And so we have to respect that they might not want to. Exactly. Yeah. Might want to spill. Might want to spill the beans, and that's the same when we get, like you say, when people um, ring up and book for someone else and just say, "I really want them to see you." Well, mm. do they know you're doing it, and do they actually want it? Um, it's, mm. it's different, isn't it? Very, very different. Oh, yeah, makes total, total sense. So, have you ever been in a situation, Polly, where you've been in someone's house and they, you're there as a friend, and you've communicated with the animal and you haven't known how to put that across to people or they've tried to reach out to you. Has that ever happened? Um, in, in a sort of different way. Um, not, not like that. If I go to somebody's house, usually I would know them. I'd know their, and I'd know mm, them. Yeah, of course. If it was, if I went, was asked to a, a party and somebody else's, some, somebody had a dog there, mm-hmm. I might quite talk to the dog rather than be at the party Um, (laughs) but you know there's that um it's more clients I'm going to be honest because um I just dropped something um because a lot of people they they know that their animal's got a serious problem Mm. but they're not accepting of what the actual problem is and um a lot of what happens and I know that I probably won't be a lot of people's friends for saying this, is that we really humanise animals like our dogs. Mm. Um, cats have got their own agenda. Uh, but we tend to hu- like humanise our animals, like our pets, our dogs. And um, they've got no boundaries. Yeah. And so the reason that they're misbehaving and, and being very alpha or trying to like be the leader of the pack is because their owners are letting them. And if we think about um, our children, if we just let our children have absolutely no boundaries, they're going to ring, run rings around us and, yeah. and be vile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't realise it's actually the same with a dog. You know, if you let the dog behave exactly how it wants to, because it will want to look after you and it will want to be the leader of the pack. And mm, if you let on the sofa and and that dog growls when anyone else sits on the sofa because it's protecting you and you haven't given a dog boundaries it's going to do that and and but the thing is people don't want to accept that and they don't want to accept that they have to sometimes treat their animal as an animal mm. um, and not as a human being because they're not designed to be a human being of course they're not and also they must make i mean i'm having had dogs and we've been brought up with dogs and and cats and guinea pigs and and been around horses and and so forth our mum was very very strict but I feel like it gives giving the dog boundaries Mm. gives them security as well absolutely yeah because yeah where they are my dogs are my babies and I have to admit that however Mm. if they misbehave they go into the kitchen or they have to get off the sofa or if they ever which they haven't done they've never growled at anybody in the house at all 
in fact, people bring their dogs in and they just accept it. (laughs) You know, I haven't really had that problem. But if they did, or if they chase the cat, they get told off or they get put in the kitchen. So Mm. they know that they have boundaries. But unfortunately, people don't don't do that. And because, you know, they're our best friends and we don't want to upset them. And yeah. Of course, in psychological behaviour, I mean, if your friend uh, kind of came and, and, and took advantage of your home, you'd certainly say something to them, wouldn't you? So it's oh. it's setting those boundaries in place. Mm. But yeah, at the same time, I'm a bit of a hypocrite because my dogs are my babies. <laughs> but then on the other hand, you don't, your dogs, you don't have issues. You've already said that they're accepting, they're well-behaved. Mm. And yeah. so, you know, you don't have an issue with your dogs or your pets. It's It, it all sounds you know, well-maintained balance and balanced and boundaries mm. and love. But there are some people that just, I don't know, perhaps shouldn't have animals, bless. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's unfortunately people that shouldn't have children. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Indeed, indeed. That's amazing. Wouldn't it be great, Polly, if you could actually go into vets and you could be, you know, offer what you do for for the vets as well it would save a fortune for people maybe that wouldn't be a good idea the vets probably wouldn't like that but you know just being able to help them out with their diet as well because some dogs are intolerant to gluten and they can't eat certain things can they absolutely and again we we know a lot of people and i understand it because it does cost a lot Mm. to feed dogs especially big dogs yeah um but they'll tend to buy bulk buy cheap food and that food isn't suitable for them and then they wonder why these problems occur yeah um but you know there's some amazing people out there that um work on you know bespoke dogs diets and things like that um which are also really they're incredible people and you know if, if we were money wasn't an option you know the the animals lives could be yeah be so much healthier uh as well couldn't they absolutely but, yeah. have the choices um, like we do free will to eat mm. what we want instead of what we're given i think somebody told me now i um, don't quote me on this but i think somebody told me that um the super vet uses um animal communicators that wouldn't surprise me that's amazing um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if mm. he did a bit of it, actually. But I don't quote me on it, but I'm sure that I read that, that somewhere. Yeah. And, and I feel quite sure that some countries in the world will have vets that do work with, mm. uh, as a matter of fact. You know, I mean, look at some of the countries, they do healing before surgery, you know. But we're so backwards here, we sadly don't do that. Yeah, it would be a lovely world if, if we did. Wouldn't it just? Wouldn't it just? Amazing. 100%. Wow. So it's fascinating talking to you like a, a real-life Dr. Doolittle, really. I have that vision <laughs> in my head of you just walking through the woods, Talk chatting to, the to everything. To <laughs> but it's so true and it's so beautiful. That was actually one of my favourite films as a child. Ah, there you are. Yeah. Both our boys loved that as well, Dr. Doolittle. They really, really did. Um, Polly, is there anything coming up or anything you wanted to give a shout out for coming up in the next few months and, and give us your website address, so on and so forth? How, where can people find you? Well, it's best to um, find me on my uh, Facebook. I do have a, a page for this, but I haven't got the link to hand. Um, so it's um, and then I can add you if you if you message or message me specifically um, on Messenger. Um, and then I can I can put the link on for you if you'd like to find out more. Um, 
yeah, next year, obviously because of, of the last couple of years with COVID, etc., it's been a very hard to try and organise something and know that it was I'd be able to Don't carry it ahead. out. Yeah. Yeah. Next year, I will be... Um, I will be uh, take, doing some courses for animal healing and communication, which does uh, give you a diploma and qualifies you to obviously on passing um, the uh, course. Then obviously you can go along and then once you've had some experience and you can go out and do this for yourself. Oh, wonderful. how wonderful. There we go. Guys. Spread the word. There we go. For everybody who's listening to this, this, to this podcast, um, if you're interested, get hold of Polly or if you have um, any animal, uh, maybe even a snake or a tarantula <laughs> <laughs> for Polly to communicate with and, and just to help uh, help you and help your animal. Yeah. So, a, fo- a photo might be better of those ones. Yes, <laughs> every time. There's no way I'd go near a snake. Oh, no, I'm not mm. I'm not sure. I don't know, I don't know. Um, spiders, I'm all right with snakes. No, not, not so good. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a strange thing, isn't it? It's just strange. Yeah. So common with so many people. Polly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so, so much, my lovely. It's lovely chatting to you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Um, and thank you as well, because we know you haven't been well. So we really do appreciate the fact that you got off of your sick bed to come and talk to us today. It's been <laughs> fascinating. And I really hope that people that listen to this podcast will now look for an animal communicator and really try and sort their pets out in that way. And it would just be so lovely to think of these pets actually getting their voice heard. And not just oh. physically, but emotionally as well, right? Mm. Yeah. No, thank you so much. Pleasure. And, uh, thank you, darling. We'll catch so up with welcome. you soon. Thank you. Take care Take and lots care, of love. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you for listening. For further information about private readings, demonstrations, and workshops, you can email Louise and Michelle at info at psychicsundays.co.uk. So until next time, stay connected. Stay true and always remember, Spirit loves you.